didn't see it coming. The podcast about brands that learn from the past, are looking to the future, and are profiting because of it today. I'm your host, Mark Stoiber. I saw a story uh, about the CEO of a company in Canada called Shoes.com. Now, Shoes.com, online shoe retailer, is experimenting with a new program whereby if you pay an extra $20, they will get you your shoes delivered within two hours if you live in Vancouver and Toronto. Now, this model's a a, a thing that Amazon.com is doing in the United States right now where they're trying to make it that people can get their deliveries done within one hour. And this is the story that... That's crazy. It is. You know, it's one of those things where on the surface of it, as a consumer and a guy who's all about brands, you go, hooray, we're breaking it down. We're we're replacing the retail experience. We're making it so that this, I order online and get, get instant gratification. Fantastic. And then something goes really wrong in your stomach where you're going, there's something bizarre yeah. about this and i couldn't put my finger on it so i started i started talking to folks and i started digging into it and it, again and again this uh this this um over promise under deliver versus over promise over deliver came up mm-hmm. now i did a little research into it and there are wads of hits on on the term over promise and over deliver and how it is going to set us free how it is the way of the 21st century how companies instead of under promising and over delivering which used to be the good now they are promising people the moon and killing their own people to deliver that Mm-hmm. So there are companies that are famous for overpromise, overdeliver that do a great job. Companies like Costco, companies like uh, Trader Joe's, companies like Whole Foods, Apple, the Genius Bar, um, uh, uh, Amazon is a great case. Yeah, but the, with the exception of Amazon, those are those are retail shops, and they're also delivering an experience, which I think is uh, where it really where push came to shove for bingo. Me. It was an experience yeah. that they overpromise and they overdeliver. Remember, uh, Starbucks set themselves up for success not by saying we're going to give you a cup of coffee within ten seconds. They said you're going to wait longer for this cup of coffee than you would in a normal coffee shop. Why? So you can smell the beans, so you can hang out, so you can rest, take a load off. Same thing you go into Trader Joe's. You know, you go into Whole Foods. It's all about the wonderful, all-consuming experience. Now, I uh, I, I talked to uh, my wife about this because she's great sounding board for me. Mm-hmm. And I said, what do you think about this? I order online, and within two hours, I can get the shoes. And she says, well, it's terrific because it, uh, it satisfies this sort of instant gratification shopper but then she says i love to go shopping with my sister and you know you think of the mall and the mall is more than a place to buy stuff the mall is a social setting it's our new church you know it's where consumers go to pray and we can sit there and have a cup of coffee we can hang out we can meet friends yeah my wife goes shopping all the time and doesn't buy anything they love to just go and hang out and chat and meet their friends. Yeah, there's something tactile about There's going. something tactile. Yeah. Now, let's stretch that in the other direction, and we say the world has become a world of shoes.com and amazon.com. We never get off our fat took us to do anything anymore. We sit yeah. at home, we go click shoes, click hairstyling products, click car, click you know suitcase. We don't leave anymore. What does that turn us into? Well, I just went one step further. And I, I, uh, when I was when I was working a lot in the whole green space, there was a fascinating study that came up and a fascinating uh, concept. It was called gross national happiness. 
Mm-hmm. And a long while ago, the king of Bhutan, of all places, implemented instead of gross national product, which is measuring your economy by, by how much you make, mm-hmm. they decided to measure the economy by how happy the people were. Now, it's a hard thing to measure, but I guess you can measure it by health, how healthy they are, you know, how stressed they are, how good the family unit is. You can measure that by divorce, you know, how strong religion is, or is it separating? They measured all these things, and what they found was that people, after a certain limit on how much they earn, don't get any happier. Mm -hmm. And what they found instead was, it's not how much money you have, it's how you spend that money. And people spend like to spend money, and they feel most satisfied when they're spending not on a click and a delivery. They're spending on an experience. Click and a delivery. Well, and, and, and you know what? It's over. It's over. That's right. And you get the shoes, and you go, why aren't I happy? Mm-hmm. I'm just not happy. Yeah. I can tell you, my wife is happy. She goes to 20 shoe stores, tries on all these shoes with all her friends, looks at them, sends them around, finally buys a pair of shoes. She's had a good time. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm the same way. Uh, it's and do you an remember when? So, sorry to interrupt. Do you remember when the when the internet came about and people said uh, people won't read books anymore mm-hmm. when Amazon was big? You go into any bookstore in this town, they're full. Mm-hmm. There's lots of people in the bookstores. People are still reading books because they like the experience of looking through the books mm-hmm. and finding out what was of interest to them as opposed just to clicking and ordering and, and receiving it. Now, if you know exactly what you want, there's nothing wrong with that, mm-hmm. but you want to go in there and find something that, find a little jewel that you've never found before. What makes us human is that we like things that we don't know we like. Yeah. We want to try new stuff. We want to be surprised. That's the whole secret behind consumption. That's the whole thing behind what I do building brands. You want to build little surprises in for people so they go oh i'm a little bit happier but if you're sitting here you get everything that you want the second that you want it the surprise goes away it becomes expected it becomes a little bit like the executive on the airplane whose internet doesn't work 20 minutes ago they didn't have internet on airplanes and now we're getting ticked off because the internet doesn't work quickly enough yeah you know this sort of element of surprise and unexpected and adventure and trying new things you might not know about it all goes away. Mark, you know, in thinking about this uh, this morning, you know when I think it started? It started with the Federal Express slogan, when it absolutely positively has to be there overnight. Exactly. And what we've, what we've done as marketers, and there's a very interesting story in this as a marketer as well, what we've done is we have started to assume that people, no matter what people want, they should get it. Now, what we believe as marketers is that marketing is amoral. That is, it's not positively moral or it's not immoral. It just should reflect and give whatever people want. Now, if you take that to its logical extreme, where does it go? It goes to people who are grossly obese and are dying of illnesses that they shouldn't be dying of because they can't stop eating this fantastic food that tastes so good but is garbage. As humans, we don't necessarily do what's best for ourselves. If we can get bad stuff like cigarettes, booze, and fatty food, we'll, get, we'll gorge on them. Mm-hmm. So there is, this, there is this breakdown in the logic, if you're a marketer, that you have to give people exactly what they want. But then there's the counterbalancing side of that where you go, well, if you don't give them what they want, they're not going to buy your stuff. And that's where this jump comes, where I think, you know, I like to talk about future-proofing brands. What will the brand of the future offer 
that is better than giving consumers exactly what they want. But you know this uh, better than than most people. Don't advertisers, aren't they advertising the experience now as opposed to the product? Here's the funny thing. You look at Nike. Nike is a fantastic company at, at, at delivering a new type of marketing. And what they say in Nike ads now is that you have everything that you need already inside you. Yeah, this new campaign that they've got, fantastic campaign, it's called Find Your Greatness. And what it says, if you read the posters or listen to or watch the TV spots, you can find them on YouTube. There's a wonderful spot of a little boy, 12, 14 years old, grossly overweight. We're talking about morbidly obese here. And he's jogging down the roads towards us. And you can tell it's almost breaking his knees doing it. But the voiceover says, we used to believe that athletes were the only people who could do stuff, that we needed role models. Well, we don't. Everything that you need is inside you. You've just got to dig it up. And we're there for the journey. So it's saying you don't need to buy stuff to be happy. You just need to find out what makes you happy. And, oh, by the way, if that's running, well, we'll put some shoes on you. Well, isn't it interesting because uh, Nike was one of the first companies to start using athletes to sell their products. And that, that, that tells me everything. In the 1980, between the 1980s and 2015, the world has shifted so greatly. You know, for the longest time, I'm doing a talk on bootstrap marketing next week in, in the prairies. And for the longest time, marketing was all about, hey, you look like you could use a pair of shoes. I make shoes. Here, have some shoes. Yeah. It was all about supply and demand, simple transactions. Then we got, we got oversupply, thanks to Henry Ford and friends. And suddenly we had all this choice. So we had to give these products a flavor, an ethos, a sort of a brand to make people choose them. So we said that unless you choose this product, you will not be happy. If you choose Nike running shoes, you will be Michael Jordan. If you don't have Nike running shoes, you're not Michael Jordan. But it just tells you, you know, how far we've come since the 1980s when everything was about buy your image, buy your happiness to where it is now. Try to get fit. Try to live a healthy life. And oh, by the way, if you do, then we're the shoes for you. Kellogg's has an interesting campaign now with women. And it mm-hmm. says uh, women, 97% of women have a negative thought about their body mm-hmm. every hour of the day. Mm-hmm. And uh, they, they talk about... Uh, very much like uh, Nike, talk about the greatness inside. And let's get rid of those negative images and talk about the wonderful things that we have inside. I'm paraphrasing now, probably doing Mm -hmm. a very bad job. But it doesn't talk about their product. It talks about what people have inside of them. And it just has their their logo and their name. You just triggered another one. What? Yesterday I was looking in a in a sports magazine and I saw an ad and it is it's called uh, uh, Find the Love Ban the ban the like, and what the heck is that all about? And what it's about is this uh, habit that young girls have of taking selfies, pictures of themselves. And yeah. they said, you know what? Taking a picture of yourself is a very very egotistical. Um, isolating kind of activity why don't you gather all your friends around and take pictures of all of you doing cool stuff and then they talked this led then into how women and it was aimed at women uh how women enjoy exercising together how they enjoy doing things together and why aren't we doing things together why are we sticking in the headphones and doing things in isolation and by the way here's our running shoes 
you know? Yeah. But it was a wonderful, empowering message about the power of doing things together. I guess exactly the opposite of shoes.com or amazon.com. Because we're social creatures. We are social creatures. Yeah. And, you know, we can talk about this if you want, but uh, I, I have a great story from uh, the New York Times where it, it, they talk about how companies are crushing their employees. Okay, let's do know? that uh, right after the commercial break. We, uh, we're talking to Mark Stoiber, brand strategist, author, and speaker, and we'll be right back. It's uh, it's called yeah, it's called Toxic Work World. It's in the New York Times, September eighteenth. And what they say is that our workplace, they track the problem. You know, as I always do, you always track from one thing and it leads to others. They were looking at the still the paucity, the the lack of women in the higher ranks in the work world, and they're also looking at the number of women leaving the workplace because of stress. And what they're finding out is our workplace was designed for a leave it to Beaver, Mad Men era, where one person was earning the money, the other person was managing mm-hmm. the community of the home and what's happening that just doesn't reflect our reality anymore there's two people earning money because we have to and uh and what's happening is both of them are being driven very very hard they're not allowed to take time off they're in the amazon.com workforce and uh what we're what we're seeing is a greater number but number of people being crushed by this what is actually an old-fashioned way of working which is driving people till they break in order to overpromise and overdeliver, and companies are having a really hard time recognizing this. They like to point at uh, women just don't have what it takes, or women are taking time off. That they say it's a gender problem, but it's not. It's a problem of overpromising and overdelivering, delivering things to their clients. They used one example in the in the story, delivering hundred slide powerpoints that the clients don't even know how to use. You know, just giving them so much stuff. You remember yourself. Um, uh, what portions in restaurants used to look like, right? I oh, mean, yeah, it's much smaller than they are now. Much smaller, but the, the, the thinking is if big is good, then bigger is better and biggest is best. And so we've sort of, as marketers, lost a sense of how much is best. It isn't always the biggest. It isn't always the most slides. It isn't always a one-hour delivery time. It's an experience. Mm-hmm. And I think what we're going to see is a sort of a, a backlash, or I hope we see, a backlash towards the experience. I, when you talk about portion sizes, it reminds me when I used to drive to the interior uh, and stop at Hope for for breakfast. Mm-hmm. Uh, this restaurant always used to give these massive portions of hash browns, and and, and I looked around and, and nobody finished them. And I said to the uh, waitress one day, I said, "Does anybody finish them?" And she says, "No, not very many." I says, well, "Why do you give them?" She's it was a novelty, yeah. but it was a waste of food. Well, they have this, I mean, much more in the States than up here in Canada, but in the States they have challenges in restaurants where they have, you know, the side of beef, basically, and if you can eat it, you get it for free. And what we're seeing is that people are eating more and more stuff, and suddenly the side of beef is a regular menu item because so many people are ch- taking the challenge. And you're going, you're going to explode like that character on Monty Python. Yeah, This is not good for you. So, I mean, as a marketer, what I want to advocate for is the whole idea of 
the experience. You know, we're talking about adventure tourism or ecotourism where you kind of get into the communities as opposed to laying by the pool and eating as much as humanly possible and having everything delivered to you. People can be wired to want other things. So if you were, if shoes.com came to you and said, uh, help us with our marketing, Mark, Mm -hmm. what would you say to them? Oh, because tough here's, question. here's a company that wants to deliver your shoes within two hours in, in Toronto and Vancouver. Mm-hmm. And uh, how would you deal with that? I, I guess what I would say to them, I think I would say, you know what? I believe you when you say that there is a portion of the market that wants instant gratification. But if you give me a little bit of money... I bet you my racehorse against your racehorse. I bet you that I can create an experience-based shoe selling thing that is different and better than what you find in a in a retail store. You, you know, could, you could do that online. No, I couldn't do it online. Yeah. I would have to do it in a real live setting. Yeah. Is it a pop-up store? Is it one? Of, is it like the old Avon lady who has shoe parties at people's houses? Is it the door-to-door, the encyclopedia salesman who comes and has the shoe truck that brings the shoes, and you have a chat? He brings you coffee. You know, is it is it one of those social experiences? And I'd say I'd like to bet you, if you put your horse up against my horse, that my horse is going to do better, or at least it will generate more publicity and sell more shoes for you and then if i win we can scrap the one hour delivery time and if you win i shut up so uh yeah (laughs) so the experience is what we want as opposed to the instant gratification i i I, I think so i i believe that i think that if a company can promise to over deliver an experience and say, you know yeah. what, you thought that Disneyland was good before, I'm going to out Disneyland the Disneyland, if that's what you're into. Or if you thought organic food shopping and Whole Foods was good before, well, we've just taken that to another level. Great. I think I think it's a fantastic thing. Make it so that people can socialize and, and share and talk. But if all you're saying is, I'm going to put a business model in place that if you have a whim, any whim, a Big Mac, you order a Big Mac and I'll stuff that Big Mac down your throat within 30 seconds. I think we're starting the amorality of marketers is going the wrong way. And we have to step in and say, you know what, guys, enough is enough. We have to make a judgment call here. Otherwise, we're going to wipe ourselves out because we're going to have all these people sitting at home clicking and eating fast food all the time. And, uh, I mean, I have another study. I always have these stories that connect together. Yeah. But... um, Uh, We talk about the SAD, the standard American diet, high in carbohydrates, high in proteins, high in fat, high in sugar. Uh, Within the next 10 years, they're predicting uh, it's going to cost $4.2 trillion in healthcare. That's 20% of the American gross domestic product to keep all those fat people on their medication so they don't drop over of a heart attack, kidney failure, diabetes. Mm -hmm. So you're going, can we shift them to a plant-based diet? One of the clients that I'm working with is actually working to create a culinary equivalent of the American diet based on plant-based diet. And it has so many advantages, it's ridiculous, mm-hmm. whether it's sustainability, whether it's you live longer, whether you feel better. We just got to get people tuned into, doesn't taste worse, tastes different. Yeah. Tastes so different. that's what a marketer's job is. Yeah. Mark, good to talk to you again. Great, great to be great, back. Great I love I love hanging out here and talking about new stuff. Yeah. Mark Stoiber, brand strategist, author, and speaker. And yes, Terry? Well, go ahead. No, go ahead. Well, what Mark was talking about is really very true because when you when you look at why did some of the department stores feel well, we're just not doing the business we we used to do. 
they're not because there is no personal contact. People are going back to stores and back to supermarkets or, or meat stores and grocery stores that have a personal appeal and a personal touch where they can go in and it's tactile. They can go in and touch what they're doing mm-hmm. and they can talk to somebody yeah. about it. Go into some of the major department stores and shoot a cannon down there. Yeah. You won't hit anybody. No. You can't there's nobody there you, you to serve. No. Anyone to help you. Nordstrom's no. Nobody will help you. Nordstrom's isn't hurting. No. Nordstrom's no, isn't not. hurting. They've over-delivered on the personal yep. service. And that's and that's that's why they're going to be successful in Vancouver. Exactly. But yeah, you go you go to Canadian Tire. Go to Canadian Tire. You try to shoot a cannon down the hall. You won't hit anything. Nope. You won't. Well, you won't find anybody who can help you. No. No. There's there's a store in Vancouver called Aritzia, uh, and it's a fem- it sells women's clothing. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, it's. The store in Vancouver on Robson Street and in New York are the yeah. two busiest stores they have. Yeah. And they have lots and lots of salespeople there. And some of the salespeople there sell $10,000 a day. Wouldn't doubt it. Yeah. yeah. Wouldn't doubt it. Speak, yeah. Speaking about, you're talking about food. Have you, seen, have you seen the latest thing that they're doing in some of the major uh, uh, restaurants in the United States? No. The four-pound hamburger? It's That's the stuff I'm talking four, about. Pounds. Four pounds. That used to be the, the challenge. If the you could bun, eat that, they'd the, give it to you for free, and now it's a menu that, item. The bun, is, the bun is as big as about three dinner plates, and then they just load it with cheese and bacon and everything else. Now, you can buy it for a whole bunch of people and cut it in the, TJ's. Are you sitting Yeah, you could do it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway. <laughs> that's, that's You've been listening to Didn't See It Coming, the podcast about brands that learn from the past, are looking to the future, and are profiting because of it today. I'm your host, Mark Stoiber. If you want to get a hold of me... Drop me an email at mark, M-A-R-C, at markstoiber.com, M-A-R-C-S-T-O-I-B-E-R.com. Have a good one.